This is HPR episode 2708 entitled Ghost Script and is part of the series Privacy and Security. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 23 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Klaatu talks about manipulating PDF with GS and PDF stapler. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello folks, Kay Wisher here to remind you that it's that time of year again. Time for the Hacker Public Radio New Year's Eve show. For those who don't know, on New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2018, at 10 a.m. UTC, that is 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will have a recording going on the HPR Mumble server for anyone to come on and say Happy New Year and talk about whatever they want. We will leave the recording going until January 1st, 2019, 12 a.m. UTC, that will be 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, or until the conversation stops. Please visit HackerPublicRadio.org to find all the details and links about how to set up the PC Mumble Client, your favorite mobile app, the mobile server connection details, our Etherpad show notes, and the live audio stream if you only prefer to listen in on the lively banter. So please stop in and say hi, and maybe join in the conversation with other HPR listeners and contributors. It's always a good time. You're listening to Hacker Public Radio. My name is Klaatu. In this episode, I want to talk a little bit about PDFs, specifically how I manage to live with them. And I've I've done an episode, pretty sure, with Lost in Bronx about why PDFs are some of the most abhorrent pieces of code to ever come your way. And, and I, I feel that way very strongly. However, that doesn't change the fact that I deal with them all the time, whether I'm purchasing them online as, uh, but it, under the guise of, oh, these are ebooks, which PDFs are not ebooks at all, uh, or whether it's because I'm using them at work, I, I, you know, outputting to a PDF at work. Whatever the case, I, I have to deal with PDFs a lot, and I just kind of want to talk about some of the random observations and tricks that I've come up with when having to to do things with PDFs. So the first thing that I want to talk about, and I've talked about this on my show, uh, New World Order, before, but I, I think it deserves not really another mention, but some additional information, and that is the ghost script command, or as it is typed, the GS command. So GhostScript is the free and open source version of PostScript. PostScript being the, the 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 syntax and code used to 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 generate how a printer is going to produce whatever it produces. So you might have dealt with PostScript directly as an EPS. That's an encapsulated, I think, um, PostScript file. PostScript is the backend for PDFs, and it is the backend for for many printers. So the 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 vectorized versions and the 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 code that goes into ensuring that what you print is the same thing as the stuff that you see in your PDF. That's PostScript, and you can manipulate that a little bit. We'll look in a moment at just how ugly 
PDFs are and how difficult it makes it to really do anything useful to it after it's been generated. But there are a couple of quick hacks that you can do to help yourself manage some of the PDFs in your life. So the first problem that I often have to solve, and this I've covered on my show before, but not on Hacker Public Radio, so I might as well talk about it. So the first thing is that a lot of PDFs are really, really large, um, and that is because PDFs are intended as printer input, really. You, You send a PDF to a printer, and that produces that PDF as a physical thing, as a physical document. That's what a PDF is. Which means that a lot of times when people create a PDF, they go, for instance, if I'm in Scribus, I'll go to Export, Save as PDF, and if I go to um, Color, Output Intended for Screen Web, okay, that's one thing. Now I could go to Printer. The printer output, typically, all the defaults, actually that didn't reset the the defaults, but anyway, I could I can set these defaults. So the resolution for graphics, let's say 300 DPI. Maximum image re- resolution, 300 DPI. Compression method, lossy or lossless. Yeah, let's go lossless. Ma- uh, compression quality, let's go m- uh, maximum quality. So the, the defaults get set very high for the, the typical output of a PDF, and the resulting file size is indeed, for instance, this sample PDF that I did for my episode on Scribus is about almost 9 megabytes for the printer version. And that's, that's quite a hefty file size for one page. It's a one-page document, and it's 9.1 megabytes. The, 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 the smaller version of that is... Um, is is like 900 kilobytes, less than a megabyte, and and that's output for for the web. So there are a couple of different profiles that PostScript or or GhostScript at least. I don't know exactly what the PostScript terminology is, but GhostScript can accept a couple of different profiles for its output, and you can manipulate that yourself for something that already exists. So for instance, if I have this example file from my Scribus episode, I can do GS for GhostScript, and then dash S, lowercase s, device, all capitals, equals PDF write. So I'm just outputting back out to a to, to the PDF writer, I'm not actually printing. Dash D, compatibility T level equals, I'm going to set it really low because I like backward compatibility, dash D, uh, so that's 1.4, so dash D, PDF settings equals, and this is the profile. There are five different profiles that GhostScript can understand. One is uh, forward slash screen, which is intended for screen viewing only, so it's 72 dpi maximum images. So anything greater than that, it downreses. Slash ebook, that's forward slash ebook, is a low quality 150 dpi image. So that's not bad, but you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't want to print from it. I mean, you honestly probably could, but let's say you're, you know, you wouldn't send it to a professional printer probably. Uh, forward slash printer is high quality 300 dpi. Forward slash prepress is a 300 dpi image with color, color space being managed. And then forward slash default is something else apparently super similar to screen. I'm not clear on the difference there. So those are the the different profiles that you can you can you can leverage. So if we just go for forward slash screen for a nine megabyte file, that should have a pretty dramatic result, which is what I'm looking for for the sake of 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 this proof of concept. So then I'm gonna do another option called dash D and then batch. And these options I don't I've never seen it typed any other way. So I'm assuming the options can have no space between the option and the attribute or the the 
the argument. So dash D batch, all one word, with batch being all capitals. And then dash S output file equals output.pdf. And then I'm going to point it at this uh, example plus bleed.pdf, which is in the current directory. The dash D batch makes sure that GoScript does not go, it doesn't drop down into an interactive prompt, which it does by default otherwise. So don't want to, don't want to leave that out. And yeah, so here's an output.pdf at 142 kilobytes, which, I mean, down from nine megabytes is, is orders of magnitude, literally. And the difference is really only in the in the images. So the only the only optimization that it has available to it is to downres images. That's really all all we can do. Well, there's there's something else, but in this in this case in the in what we're speaking about right now, it's just um it's just the images. And you know the the text is still text, so you can zoom in on that forever, and it will recalibrate how it's. Uh, aliasing the text, and it'll look great no matter what. You could print that and be perfectly happy with it. It's just the graphics that got downrezzed. Not a big deal, really. So now, the other thing that I've done in the past to to shrink the size and complexity of PDFs, and that's kind of, that's a big one, to be honest. Like, sometimes I can I can kind of handle a PDF on, on several devices, whether it's my little e-book, my e-ink e-book reader, or whether it's a, a, a mobile phone or something. Like, it, it's a pain, because you still have to scroll around to try to read and you know it doesn't really it doesn't really do that well but but the the real problem for me is a lot of times that it'll spend so much time trying to render these graphics on this slow device that it it slows down the the reading process to just being too annoying so half the time my my issue is not even necessarily the resolution of graphics it is it is the presence of graphics i just don't need to s- spend any cycles on generating the graphics half the time that's not always true sometimes the graphics are integral to what you're reading so you need them there but other times you don't and as it turns out this is i guess uh, a, a common enough <laughs> problem because there is a filter in Ghost Script to filter out images, and the filter is dash D and then filter image all capitals filter image. Now that filters out very specifically raster images. So if you need to get rid of vector images as well, there's a separate filter for that. I find in practice that I don't really have to deal with the vector images very often. It's 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 almost always raster images that are in PDFs and they are huge. So adding the dash D filter image to the same command, so I guess I'll read that out again. So that's uh, ghost script or GS space space dash s device equals pdf write that's where we're going to dash d compatibility level equals 1.4 that's the version of pdf readers that will be able to open this which is i think as far back as you can go i've never seen anything earlier than that i mean never i haven't seen recently in recent years anything farther back than that dash d pdf settings equals forward slash screen i'm just keeping it small dash d Especially because we're not going to even have images in, in in here anyway. It doesn't really matter. Um, dash D batch. Dash D filter image. Dash S output file equals output dot PDF. Uh, and then the example plus bleed dot PDF, which is the, the big 9 megabyte file that we're going off of here. So you do that. And it processes and dumps output.pdf into the 
into the uh, current directory. Now I'm doing ls-lh on output.pdf, and it is down from 9 megabytes to 40 kilobytes. That's a lot more reasonable. And if I open the thing up, then I see on my screen a perfect representation of that PDF, except there's just no graphic there. So we're not spending any any file size is on on the graphics, and we're not spending any CPU cycles trying to render those graphics for no good reason. So that's a huge one for me. That that's that's really saved me from being able to you know not being able to read a PDF on some device to actually being able to read the PDF on a device. It, it's made all the difference. Now the place where that's also made a difference is when when printing. Like sometimes I'll have a PDF and I want to print something for reference on actual paper. It does happen sometimes, and a lot of times they'll have background images, you know, for for, for whatever reason, like the, the for style, really. I mean, it's a background image to evoke some kind of mood or just to look cool. And then some other images here and there. And maybe the images I could usually stand, but I mean, to print 50 pages of background floral print over my text or behind the text ostensibly, it just doesn't make any sense. So if you do this command, the ghost script command and filter out all those images that gets rid of those background images i mean it gets rid of the foreground ones too which that's a little bit annoying but but really the the background images for me are the ones that really matter but i mean i don't even mind printing without the the foreground images usually i I usually don't want the foreground images or if i do it's just a couple of them and those i could like screenshot and print separately or or maybe not print at all and just have them on a screen as, as a single file uh, that sort of thing. So, ghost script, filter image, really, really useful if you, like me, need to sometimes print a PDF and don't want to spend all of your ink on fanciful background images, or if PDFs are simply too large for you. Now, in the past, in a past episode, I've talked about bookmarks, uh, retaining and um, and editing and applying bookmarks to a PDF file. I've also done an episode on PDFTK, which is the program that I generally use to chop app, uh, chop up PDFs uh, when I need to just extract you know a page from a PDF just here or there for for whatever reason, or maybe I need to extract a couple of pages and then merge them back together, you know. So basically, taking a subset of a of a larger PDF. And I, I I realized that I probably should mention a separate or a related program because I don't think I mentioned it may have, but it's called PDF Stapler. And PDF Stapler is an application that sort of takes the place of PDFTK. Not exactly. It doesn't have one to one parity of of features. It, it doesn't quite have everything that PDFTK does, but it's got it's got that magical, you know, 80 or 90% of stuff. It, what it doesn't do all that well is the bookmarking stuff, actually. That's PDFTK, really. But PDF Stapler, and um, I have seen it generally called PDF-Stapler. PDF-Stapler is a, I think a, it's Python-based, as far as I remember. And its syntax is, is similar. It's not the same. It's actually just similar enough to confuse me half the time, but it's it's kind of it's kind of similar to PDFTK. So, for instance, if you're going to cat a bunch of uh, files into one big PDF, um, and a common, I think, for me, a common use case for this, at, at one point, I used to have to do this a lot. I would take a collection of images and then convert them to PDF and then concatenate them into a into a big PDF. That was a fairly typical thing to do for for some artists. They would need, you know, they would want their things in in a PDF, but they couldn't figure out the easy and quick way to to get 
you know, a hundred photos or whatever into one one file, and and that was very frequently doing a convert command on all you know PNGs or whatever in the current direct uh, directory, make them in uh, re- resize them and put them you know output them as like JPEGs, and then run some some command to then concatenate all those things into a big PDF. So, for instance, if I was doing that on with PDF stapler, it would be PDF-stapler space cat for the, the that's the command and then space and then I guess I would just do a wildcard.pdf or yeah, cuz I would have done a convert on all those JPEGs to PDFs uh and then I would have done a wildcard.pdf and then space I don't know, output.pdf and 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 it puts all of the files that you pointed at into one big PDF that will open and people can flip through. So it's uh, cat or cell for some reason. I'm not really sure why they, they do that. I'm not sure if there's a difference, but there's, there's cat to concatenate pages. There's also something called cell, S-E-L, for select the given page range. And again, I, I'm not 100% sure if if they mean for that to if there's going to be some other function for that or if it's if it's just the same thing. I'm not sure, but it, it as far as I can tell, it's the same thing. But anyway, there's also del for delete, D-E-L. You can delete a page or a range of of pages. There's burst or split, which is creating one file per page for an input PDF, which is something that I've I, I think people probably would need to do. I, I've I, I've definitely heard people needing to do that. I personally I can't imagine having to do that. No, I can for a printer spread. Totally, I can I can see doing that. Uh, and then there's also zip, which is merge or collate the given input files interleaved. So it's um you know odds and evens that sort of thing. There's also info which displays PDF metadata, but there's nothing as far as I know, as far as I've been able to find in the command, there's nothing to reapply that I- I- image that the metadata to a PDF. So if you you can you can get the data from something, but whether you can reapply it to your new PDF or to to a to another PDF for some reason. Uh, as far as I can tell, there is no way in PDF Stapler for that to happen. The site that you can download that at is github.com slash hellerbard slash stapler, and I will put a link to that in the show notes. H-E-L-L-E-R-B-I-R-D-E is the username, and it's just called stapler there. I don't know if I'm using an older version or if if the command simply has remained pdf-stapler. I'm not really, I don't really remember where I got this thing. It's just one of those things that I have on my work computer and have been using as is uh, with with great success. So that's that's another tool that I use. It's really interesting if you, if you look at PDF files, it's kind of shocking. Like if I do, you can look in PDFs. It's kind of interesting. If you go to emacs space and then output.pdf, I'm just doing output.pdf because that's what I just did with my ghost script thing that removed the images. And then I hit return. Now in emacs, it, it actually renders the PDF for me, which I don't actually want in this at this particular moment. So I'm going to hit control C, control C, and that gets me to the source view, if you will. And you can see what goes into making a PDF a PDF, and it is horrible to look at. It really is. It's honestly just dismal. There's n- there you really can't make heads or tails of it. But what's funny is that you kind of get this cadence, and there's this there's this line here called stream, S T R E A M. And that appears to, it, it seems to begin a block of binary data that you cannot, you know, it's not, it's nothing that you can actually read. 
And then uh, at the end of all that, there's an end stream tag, I guess you could call it, or declaration, and then an end object, and then a declaration of the object number, which I don't know where the object numbers come from. I don't know what's generating those. It's it, it's really not very... Um, it's pretty mysterious to look at. But what's really funny is if you go into these streams and just start deleting things, it's kind of entertaining to see exactly how little effect you have on the PDF output. Like, I just deleted a bunch of stuff from a stream, and it took away the V in the word gave, and the M in the word fanaticism in the in the uh, PDF that I generated. And that's all it did. And it was like this huge chunk of code that I just got rid of. And you can do that, and, and the PDF still opens. It's it's really, really kind of kind of frightening in a way, because you think, what 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 could someone just put into a PDF file and post online for people to download? Because apparently the, the PDF would just open, and you have no idea, you know, really what's in the PDF. It's really, really strange. I've never seen, I don't think I've ever quite seen, now there, I have broken it enough at one point where it wouldn't open, but it, it doesn't, it's not something that's, it isn't really something that you find, you know, you, there's a lot of flexibility, it's not very strict is what I'm trying to say. You can, you can delete all kinds of things. Sometimes there will be no apparent, no visible change whatsoever. Other times there'll be little, just little quirks, you know, like uh, maybe a font will will disappear. So you're just left with a normal font instead of something that was supposed to be italicized or whatever. So yeah, it, it just kind of depends on, on what you're deleting. But it is quite interesting to have a look behind the scenes. And you, like I say, you can do that in Emacs. When you open Emacs, it'll render the PDF for you. So just hit Control-C, Control-C to get to the to the, the text view. And you can kind of poke around and see what's what's in a PDF. And, and yeah, you should... It's, it's surprising what you can just put into PDFs. It really is. It's very, very shocking. And it kind of makes me think that maybe... Maybe a file format with a little bit more sort of more transparency and also a stricter kind of stricter syntax checking would be a good idea because these PDFs, as far as I can tell, you could just put whatever you wanted into them and then send them around and no one would ever really know. I mean, I guess it would depend. I mean, maybe you would have to put, for instance, a GPG encoded something or another in in there. You, you know, maybe you'd want to encode it, but... But certainly it wouldn't be the first place for people to look, I wouldn't imagine. Now, could you do that, you know, if there are MD5 sums being taken and so on? No, obviously not. But it, it is it is fascinating to see just how lazy the PDF format really is and how bloated, apparently, it is. Because I, I kid you not, I've, I've deleted screenfuls of information and reopened the PDF with no apparent change in in display. It's pretty shocking. So there you go. That's that's PDFs for you. Hopefully I've given you some ways to reduce their size, to simplify them, to make them a little bit more portable, which is funny because I think that's what it used to stand for, portable. Maybe it was paperless all along. I, I forget. Either way, that's PDFs. That's GhostScript. That's PDF Stapler. Hope it's helpful. Talk to you next time. <laughs>
to find out how easy it really is. Hekka Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.